0: Podcaster.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special celebration episode of the Italian Football Podcast. I'm Carlo Garganisi, joined as always by Nima Tavali. And what we're going to do today is we're just going to celebrate Napoli winning the Scudetto. Napoli are Serie A champions for the third time in their history, the first time since 1990. It's a historic day for all fans of napoli and all neapolitans um the party has started and it will go on not for days not for weeks but uh for months <laughs> maybe years uh, it's never going to stop <laughs> um because it's a really really special day and it's been a really really special season so we're just going to do a short a short episode just just celebrating this success remembering this success uh and uh, and Nima, so first of all, um, in celebration of this success and this achievement, um, I want us just to go through the key mm. uh, reasons why they've won the Scudetto in terms of personnel and in terms of what they've done, Napoli. Uh, and first of all, we we have to start with De Laurentiis, Aurelio De Laurentiis, the president, and and uh, and because you know Giuntoli, the, the the sporting director. I mean, because what they've managed to put together uh, this season, it started with them, hasn't it?
0: It absolutely has. For me, it's really funny because last summer in July, when things were not looking too good because Insignia and all these, you know, players were leaving, Napoli fans were absolutely livid and we had Vincenzo Cred- Credendino on this, sh- on this show and, um, and 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 it was on the fourteenth of July where we had a pull on Napoli Deep Dive. It's episode two hundred and thirty eight, so all everyone listening to this who's a patron, please, you know, you can go back and listen to that. I mean the backstory we went through the backstory of Koulibaly to Chelsea, how De La Rentis had turned down hundred million for Koulibaly, um, and, and, and Koulibaly turning down Juventus, the Kim Min j story, the you know, everything that was going on and, and it was complete chaos back then. Um, and and he was not happy and, and napoli fans weren't happy and but then something after that the mercato really started for napoli and they started signing these players um and uh, one after one and they ended up with Raspadori Simeone towards the end there as well and that and laid the groundwork there cuz let's again remember De Laurentiis was so attacked by the media by, by the media by the fans for dismantling the project for for not investing, for not caring enough, and instead he has been proven right decisively. Um, you know, he said something the other day that annoyed Juventus, Milan, and Inter, which I found really, really funny. Uh, he said, "This is a scu- this is a scudetto. Uh, this is a this is a title of honesty and integrity." And he was, he went on his soapbox and started talking about uh, all of that. Which I mean, if we discard, of course, he's being deliberately uh, inflammatory there. I understand what he means because Napoli don't work on debt, don't operate on debt. They have always, since he took over, been run on profit. Um, they have been profitable systematically pretty much by barring the COVID years. And ever since returning to the Serie A, they've systematically always finished in a position to go to Europe. They've played European football every every single year they've played European football since returning to the Serie A. Um, the following year after that of course so that is something he's been building up to over these years and of course when one of the positive quote-unquote aspects of covid was that the football the money ball uh the 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 artificial breathing uh of juve and and inter and all these other clubs and milan of course started that earlier with elliot uh coming in and creating sustainability that has allowed for Napoli to win this because there wasn't, you know, you couldn't no longer run too much and borrowed money. Um, and so I understand what he means when he says that, but of course he is he is De La Rentes. he's gonna exaggerate, he's gonna pretend that he's some sort of messiah and, and that he's like the picture of honesty and all that stuff, and, and it's funny, but he does have a point, you know. He he ha- he hasn't run up ridiculous debt, he has always been profitable, he's always been sustainable, and he's always delivered sporting projects. Um with you know with 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 Juntoli, of course this being the the chilegina sulla torta, you know, winning Napoli's third scudetto, it's been absolutely fantastic.
1: Yeah, no, and, and you look at you look at the work they did last summer, I mean they, they got rid of five first team players, four of them pillars, you know, the top scorer in the history of, of Napoli, Mertens, Insignia, the, the the captain and in the and the Koulibaly. Koulibaly. Uh, the best defender uh, and uh, Fabian Ruiz the centre midfield mm-hmm. and then Ospina uh, the, the first choice goalkeeper I mean you're looking at five five first choice players there uh, and you know they've brought in I mean it's just incredible what they've done you know buying Kourad Scalier for 10 million buying uh, Kim Min-jae for 18 million I mean Kim Min jae has been the best defender in the league. Well,
0: if not in your all of Europe. I mean, I, I I think there's a serious case to be made that he's probably been the best defender in all of Europe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Kerat Scalia, you know, the the best player in the league along with along with Osiman. I mean, is absolutely amazing the work that they've done and it just shows that when you put together when you have a clear project, which is something which, you know, Juventus that don't have, Inter haven't really had for two years. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it shows what is possible. You know, you don't, where you don't. You know, especially in these times where there isn't the economic power that the big three had over the rest of the league uh, yeah. previous years. That you know, this is what is possible now. Uh, but we have to say Spalletti as well. What, what well, that's done. part of it, isn't it? Yeah, because it's having the, coach, the right players. The, yeah, it's having the synergy. Exactly. It's having the synergy between all parts of the club. Yeah, like having a coach,
0: identifying the right coach for the squad and understanding what that coach needs, the kind of football he wants to play, bringing in players that are in line with that philosophy, but also maintaining the financial sustainability of it, not yeah. overspending, cutting your wage bill, ending the transfer uh, transfer window on a profit whilst doing all of this. I said I called it last summer saying that I called it as the best transfer window any Italian club has had since Inter's magical summer of 2009 mm. when they sold Ibrahimović and financed getting Lucio Snyder and all these other players, which ended up in a treble. Like, I stand by that. I think yeah. this has been a fantastic mercato, and it and it just showed what why Italian sporting directors are so important and so good. But at it's the also
1: up to the manager in being able to develop these players and get Absolutely. them playing the system, and that's what Spalletti's done. The way that he develops and improves players, we've seen it over his career, oh, but what he's done at like Napoli, you know, the, yeah. the way that he's got these players and he's made them play at their full capacity or even better than their level, uh, you know. Le turning him into one of the best centre midfielders around, Karetskiela, how he's developed Anguissa. Him. Anguissa. Oh you know, Somebody that was at Fulham in the, in the championship. You know, uh, Kim Min-Jay, Rachmani. I mean, Mario Rui from a from, a, from yeah. a, just an ordinary left-back into someone that was becoming an assist machine. You know, you could go on and on. You could go on and on about what, what he's Elmas. Owned.
0: I mean, <laughs> yeah. Elmas but the great
1: football at- that they play, the modern football that they play, the number of goals that they've scored. Uh, and also, it's great for Spalletti because I think it's beautiful to see someone that's been a bridesmaid so many times to finally win that much-deserved Scudetto at the age of 64, I think he is now. Um, that's fantastic. It's definitely, his career definitely deserves it. Um, so I'm really, really happy for for Spalletti. Uh, but then you've got the players. You've got the players as well. And, you know, I was thinking about this. If you were to pick your best eleven Serie A this season... How many of them would be Napoli players? Probably about seven, wouldn't they? I mean, that's how how incredible and how dominant they've all been, how good yeah. they've all been individually. I mean, you can't look past the front two, because Ossieven and Claudette Scalia have just literally been unplayable for most of the season. And you can see that in their numbers. The top scorer in the league, the top assist man in the league, um, just just amazing Uh uh, incredible Kim Minche, the best defender in the league Lobotka the best midfielder in the league but you know so many incredible performers Di Lorenzo Ruiz Ramani Anguissa Zielinski Elmas Politano you know Maret's actually done pretty good in goal and he was a bit of a concern uh, Simeone is a super is like, has there been a better sub than Simeone I mean it's incredible I mean
0: his goal per minute ratio in the yeah. city I is mad yeah um, so no, yeah. it's and also Raspadori. I mean, getting that goal against Juve. I mean, that is that is that will be the symbol of the Scudetto, the the goal at the death at the Juventus stadium that he scores. Mm. He that that is forever now iconic imagery uh, in Naples, in yeah. Napoli.
1: Oh, and there's been a lot Just, of iconic moments in this season. I mean, the, the mm. thrashing of Liverpool, the thrashing the of thrashing Juve of Juve at Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, at home. Um, I mean, that, that win, the, doing the double Juventus with that Respiratory goal. I mean, it's, 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 it's yeah, magical, absolutely magical season. Um, how does it compare, though? Because everybody will always compare to the, to the 1987 Scudetto. Um, Look,
0: I, you, that side, like, again, the Serie A was the level that, how in terms of how much better it was than any other league, is is the distance between the other leagues and the Serie A was a level and distance that I don't think we'll ever see again because football is too globalized. We'll see, we'll still see big dominance um, by the Premier League. I think we will actually. I think we will because it'll be the Super
1: League. I think it will. But in in a fair era, we never, we ne- we've never seen it, and we never will. In a, in an era where there's actual competitiveness and, and, and there's not a monopoly. From the from the Super mm. League, the Premier League, I think we will see. It. I think it'll be worse than that, unfortunately. But that's you not, reckon?
0: I don't think so. I, I, think, I don't will think without so. without doubting, so. will I think football? You know why I don't think so? I think football is too globalized. I think football is way too globalized. There's so many quality players out there that I don't think you will ever you level reach those levels. I think you'll see dominance, but not those levels.
1: Mm. Uh, I, I disagree, unfortunately. But anyway, getting away from the point, you know. I think that 1987 will always be more significant as it was the first. You know, you always remember your first with anything, (laughs) with anything, pick anything in life, (laughs) you remember your first. Um, But before Maradona's arrival, you know, in 84, Napoli had never won the the league. You know, a team from the Southern mainland had never won the Scudetto. And, and, you know, Napoli had had, had avoided relegation two years in a row before Maradona. And then for them suddenly to to then go from that to, to winning the Scudetto a few years later um you, you know it was incredible and and the significance of it culturally I mean you know we know about the hatred the, the 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 differences between the north and the south um the hatred that Napoli and the Neapolitans have for the north and vice versa, the abuse that they get uh from fans, the economic divide, the prejudice you know all this kind of stuff uh this was a victory for Na- for the for the south. Uh, it had never been done before. I probably never thought it would be done before because it was like fighting against the the establishment, against the, the, the establishment of Juventus, Milan and Inter. And they did it. Uh, and, you know, so I think that that will always have more significance. But I also think at the same time that, you know, what Napoli have done here, I mean, no team outside of Milan, Inter or Juventus have won the Scudetto for 22 years, because that is how modern football has gone now. Modern football in every league has basically just become monopolised by a few rich teams that, you know, and we've seen that with Bayern winning, was it 10 in a row in Germany, PSG winning it every year in, in Liga. Um you know, Barcelona and Madrid and the odd one from Atletico, but Barcelona and Madrid basically monopolising La Liga. Um you know so we are seeing it that it's always the same rich teams and that's how it's been in Italy as well so to see that someone from outside the big 3 winning it again uh i think is a, an amazing achievement and because it's been so long the significance is is huge as well 33 years i mean i mean that's that's a third of a century ago i mean
0: exactly and it and the fact that it happens this year it happens when Diego Diego passes away in the year 2 AD. Both Argentina and Napoli are, are able to turn the page to and look towards the future with without the past no longer dragging them and holding them back, which has been the sentiment both for Argentina and Napoli. The weight of Maradona, um, to be able to turn the page in this way. Is, is poetic and, and kind of um, it, it's it's quaint and poetic and part of this notion of, you know, life continues, life goes on. There's always a future. There's always a tomorrow mm. to look forward to, even though you remember that. That's the beauty, the beauty of football. Isn't it? Yeah.
1: That is yeah. the beauty of football. There's always a tomorrow. You can have a disastrous season, but you can always mm-hmm. look forward to next season. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, I do lean to 87, to be honest, and 90. No, that, that's the, gr- because, look, that's because the greatest. Because it was because the league was so strong then. I mean, yeah. every team, right down to the bottom of the league, boasted world-class stranieri, foreign, foreigners. You know, you look at Platini, Bonniac, Laudrup at Juventus, the three Dutchmen at Milan, the three Germans at, 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 at Inter, you know, Falcao, Cerezo at Roma, Socrates, passerella Fiorentina, Elkia, Briegel at Verona, Zico. I mean, it could go on and on and on. Every single team had... Had, but see, had, 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 had superstars in the, in their team, you know. And, you know, now it's not, unfortunately, you know, we, we were the Italian football has this the, the Italian league isn't what it was. Uh, no, it's know. not. we've
0: well, we got to be honest. We're it's not going to bullshit people. Yeah, it's not what but it was. It's, this is why I say that there will never be anything like that again, because even though the Premier League will dominate and it will get the best players, again, football is too globalised. Milan, Inter, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, these are global brands, and they will always be attractive for 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 players from South America, from Africa, from Asia, from every part of the world. They the, it is it's still a, a seal of prestige to have played for one of these clubs. And 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 the re and, and, and that was kind of cemented in the 80s and 90s when the Serie A literally had every single world class player. I don't think the Premier League will have every single world class player. Uh, that's what I meant when I said earlier that you'll never see the discrepancy of level between the others and Mm. one ever again. You'll have world-class players everywhere because first of all, there are better football overall. Football is globalized. There are far more football players. Football has become much more of an industry. And so better football players are available than they were back then when Preben Elki was smoking when Verona won the Serie like, Do You know what I mean? Like the level is is just at a different level. You don't have the Brian Robson go go down, get smashed and then go and win the, you know, Premier the English First League top division. Like it's it's a different kind of level now. Mm. Um the difference between the best uh the Serie A and everyone else was so huge back then. Uh, I don't think we'll ever see that and for, and also the, uh, the the way like you said the first the, the way that they did it, they were almost relegated. This has been something De La Rentes has been building to for 10, 15 years. That was mm. try not to get relegated two years in a row and then build slowly towards upwards. And then, miracle, winning the um, winnings to Scudetti, winning a UEFA Cup uh, with, in my opinion, the greatest footballer of all time with Diego Maradona. One of yeah, most, and that's yeah. it. I
1: mean, if you compare the 87 and 90 teams to, to today and who I would get put in that team, I mean, it's really difficult to, to do. Um, but I mean, I think from the 87 team, obviously Maradona, um, uh, probably Giorgio, Jorda- Giro Ferrara. Jordana, <laughs> Ferrara, Fernando Di Napoli, maybe Bagni, maybe in midfield. But I think Ferrara, Di Napoli... Maradona, Giordano. From the 90 team, I definitely would add Alimau and
0: Careca. Mm. Absolutely. Um, and then you remember, know. you had Gianfranco Zola and, and Cannavaro as kind of kids as well.
1: Well, Zola, yeah.
0: Cannavaro was still oh. too young, but
1: Zola yeah. was, was a was a sub-player um, yeah. but in 90. But I mean, from the current team, I think Di Lorenzo, Kim, Lobotka, Kvara, Ossiman, I think they would all, they would all be there or mm. thereabouts in, in both of those teams. So I think it's quite, in terms of teams comparing the two teams i think it's actually quite close but i think that obviously maradona uh elevates the the 87 team so much that, that right. he you know that 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 makes the peak that take, Diego that takes it on the a,
0: peak of his powers i mean yeah, that takes it on
1: <laughs> that takes it on to another onto another level so so ultimately you know who will be more loved i think it, like maradona's maradona i think that team will always be the most loved but i think this team also um will well, well it's historic and it will be remembered forever um, probably probably Na- will and no one smashed the league thing. like Napoli have this season uh, I know that's yeah. partly down to the other teams being bad or, or dropping so many points but but also they've, they've destroyed the league by a uh, distance uh, uh, you know winning it as early or having the chance to win it as early as anyone ever before. Well they but. should
0: have won it at the end of April when I yeah. predicted that they win it. Like yeah. if they had
1: yeah, if so they they hadn't. It, yeah.
0: but yeah against Salem Ganon.
1: Final question can Napoli build a dynasty now? Where can this team go from it? Can they retain the Scudetto? Can they win it two or three years in a row? Can I they go even further and win the Champions League? I
0: mean where's Look, the- i th- I I think they are in the best position to do so compared to the Scudetto winners of the last three years. Um Milan, we know, can't or are not in a financial position to do so. The Suning project died after Conte pretty much won it, let's be honest. It's been frozen and it's been a slow decline since then. It's been kind of damage control. And Juventus has been a, well, dumpster fire since Sari left. So, out of the three last or the four last Scudetto winners, they are in the best position to do so. However, there are question marks. The question mark, of course, is Victor Osiman. His contract expires in a year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, What do they do there? Because if they don't cash in on him, they might lose him for free. Um, What happens with Kim Min Jae and that clause? You know, do they extend it? Do they remove it? Do they elevate it? Because I think if they lose both of them, then that I wow, that's going to be difficult. Because even if they were to replace them, and I do think that they are in a very good position to replace both of these players, it's difficult to to, to, to find. You don't find someone like Victor Ossiman who is ready to, be, to play, to, to, to give Napoli, that gives Napoli what they want. I just don't know who that would be. They will find a good replacement. They might have to adapt how they play. But to find someone of his level who's ready to do what Ossiman does is just, impossible, I think. Same with Kim Min Jay. I don't think I think they can find a good defender who becomes as good as Kim jay but to immediately have the impact that Kim has had. He's a complete central defender. I think that's going to be very, very difficult if yeah. not impossible.
1: I think it depends yeah it, it absolutely it depends on who they lose uh, and depends on how they strengthen. I mean last summer they did incredible work but you know, I've said it before on this show, yeah. losing your best players and replacing them year after year is unsustainable in the long term. You know, you, you can do it one year, you can do it two years, but eventually you will get it wrong one summer. Uh, like, you know, like Milan got it wrong last summer, mm. like the last year. But look at Dortmund, look at Atalanta, look at Monaco. Eventually it catches up with you. You know, you can yeah. create all those three teams, they've created amazing teams, Dortmund, Atalanta and Monaco. They were all then, but their model was built around selling on, selling, buying, buying young, developing, selling, and then, you know, re, re, you know, putting the team back together again. Eventually, it caught up with all of them, uh, and you know, so that is that is the tricky thing. Juntili's future as well. What happens to him? He's wanted by Juventus. Does if he leaves, then what happens? Because he who do they bring in? Who do they bring in? <laughs> because that's what it's about. It's about player, uh, you know, identifying, scouting, bringing the right players in, but developing them. You know, that's all part of it. You bring in somebody else that's not able to do that, then you, 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 of course you're going to fail. De Laurentiis isn't young. He's 74. Does he stay on? How long does he want to stay on? Is he thinking kind of selling soon? You know, there's that. Um, and also, you know, as we said after the selenny game, teams do start to work you out tactically, your movements. And it's up to Spalletti to make the tweaks tactically. Um, to, to 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 make the changes. If you've got good players, I think you can do that. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about that if they've got the players. But what I would say is that I personally don't see a dynasty. And the reason for that is, you know, this is the fourth Scudetto winner in four years. Now, I think we've asked this question the last three show the last, yeah. last three titles, the last three titles, we've asked the same question. I remember asking it after Inter won it under Conte. And I remember asking it after Milan won it. Uh, last year. We asked, can these teams create this game? Definitely after Inter, I think we both thought potentially they could. We looked at the team, how strong it was and how dominant it was that season. Milan, maybe not so much, but we saw the youth. We saw how young mm. the team was and we thought, yeah, this team has got, the, it's got so much, it's got age on its side. They could easily win, you know, quite a few Scudetti in the in the years to come with it, given how young they are. But both teams have failed, fallen short afterwards to, to retain and win again. So, just because Napoli have been so dominant doesn't mean they're going to win again. We've seen that the, the Serie A is so competitive and there is no financial dominance by anyone that I think it's a very level playing field.
0: I think what it is, and 100%, and I think we're going to have... I mean, if the fourth Scudetto winner in four years. I think we could even have a fifth next year. But, I, I you know, me, I don't like to talk about next season unless, unless until we have a Mercato result on our hands because that's when we really know because so yeah. much will happen and can happen. Uh, over the summer, but for me, the when I look at it, I, I, I think Ossiman is key. I think if they can get Victor to just extend by a year, and I think there is a good chance that he does that because we know how happy he is in Naples. We know how loved he is by the city. And if you win a Scudetto with Na- Na- in Napoli being the MVP, as Victor will be, you're forever going to be – you're forever a hero in that city. It's as simple as that. Mm. And – and I think also the fact that he missed that Champions League quarterfinal against Milan, where I think, and you, we both said at the time that had Ossimen been playing, I think we both think Napoli would have gone through. Mm. Um, I think that is something that he will want to, I think that might play a apart in his decision to just maybe extend by a year and maybe or if he wants to extend further more than that put in a minimum release fee clause at a set amount that they negotiate um that will be key i think kim and jay if they can keep both that'd be fantastic then they are in perfect position to 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 uh, go on and win the city next season no doubt about it but i think losing if i could choose to keep one out of the two I'd choose Victor over Kim because I think you can replace Kim and Jay. I think you can I think Spalletti is smart enough and good enough to adapt and find another central defender that he can get to grow and, and cover for that. I mm. don't think they can replace Victor Ossiman. I really think well, he's well, the Oh well no one no, you don't
1: replace him. thirty goals a season easily. Hmm. You don't. I, I really simple and simple. You score thirty goals a season, that's that's <laughs> yeah, hmm. it's not easy to replace. Um yeah.
0: Okay right that's, well, that's I mean just just one thing though I mean just to just to reiterate the the importance and to put this into historic context of how big of an achievement this is aside from Napoli Lazio Roma Sampdoria like these are the only teams that have won the Serie A and you know Hellas Verona Samp- and Sampdoria and and Roma and Lazio Napoli winning the third title is just incredible and and the symbolism of this is is incredible as well it's it's so so beautiful um and and i think we i i, I was talking about um one of the reasons one of the main reasons which i think makes um the Serie A so unique um in terms of what football means in Italy and what I was first drawn to it is, yes, football is, is means a lot everywhere to every country, but it has, it expresses that importance in different ways. And the way that it expresses itself in Italy is, is is really speaks to my heart. And I, and, and, and when I saw what Roberto Saviano, the author and journalist tweeted out the other day, he said something that was incredibly pertinent and beautiful um, to, to what, what football means to the people of Naples um, when he when he tweeted out that supporting Napoli for me is the gateway to a dimension of perennial infancy, it's the place where I am forever eleven years old. I have an irrational relationship with Napoli. It's often the last artery that pumps blood from from the city uh, from 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 the that pumps blood uh, from the city of my heart into my body. In these. In these hours it's like returning and wearing that that jersey that I'd home made at home because at the time official jerseys did not exist. There was no merchandising and therefore you had to make the, the, the shirts yourself. You had to you had to buy, buy the logos, you had to find a blue shirt and you had to with lots of effort iron the the, the sponsor and the club's badge onto the shirt. And then this feeling, the surreal, metaphysical, romantic feeling of fighting, to, fighting on the pitch together to lose and win together. This is what supportership is, because for one moment, you don't feel alone. The, the magic soon disappears. Uh, the magic soon fades, but for that moment that it lasts, it resembles happiness.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Beautiful way to sum up what has been a a beautiful season and a beautiful historic Scudetto victory for Napoli. So, congratulations to Napoli! Um, I hope you enjoyed our our little celebration of their Scudetto victory. Um, We will be back um, on Monday. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Monday yeah. yeah we'll be back on we'll Monday for a full weekend review of the yeah of the of the weekend and we'll we'll see we'll know because it's going to be a super saturday it's going to be a super weekend in the city yeah?
1: yeah for sure okay then until next time ciao ciao